Hi everyone, welcome to Type Talks. Today we have our special guest, Dave Powers from Objective Personality. If you guys don't know about Objective Personality already, I have an interview with Shannon linked below. It's bringing science to like personality. And what more could you ask for than that? So Dave, could you tell us a bit about Objective Personality? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we kind of got into it, it kind of in a backwards way. We originally started doing uh, entrepreneurship and, and we did sales on the internet. Uh, we did RC airplanes and stuff. And so we had used Myers-Briggs and personality types for part of the business and for sales and stuff like that. And then we just kind of indirectly kind of started to dabble around with, could we possibly objectively track or type uh, personality to any degree and flounder around with that for a few years, didn't really get it to work. And then finally started kind of getting more serious and defining terms and uh, kind of discovering binary coins in the code. And then just kind of slowly started taking over from there. So we kind of shifted our focus more on the personality stuff and, so here we are now, we have uh, the YouTube channel and then the website where we specialize and focus full time on really kind of defining and tracking these personality coins and patterns and then uh, teaching them on YouTube and in our class and stuff. So that's kind of a, a quick, quick summary there. <laughs> that's awesome. Where the scientific method meets personality and Jungian typology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unexpectedly. Didn't, didn't, like, this is, it was like, it's not something we planned on, you know? Never saw myself doing something like this when I was 25, you know? <laughs> it was a nice twist to yeah. the, to your life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, totally. That benefits everyone as a result. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. So I'm wondering, you talked a bit about the concept of 1% gains before, and I was wondering what you meant by that. So could you go a bit into it? Yeah, that's just, yeah, that's stuff that like I'm sharing from my personal NIFI, like my personal introverted world of like kind of more or less like looking back of what gets me going when I'm accidentally doing things right and then trying to like reproduce that. It's when I'm kind of shifting my mindset more towards how can I just get 1% better over the next three months or looking back over the last three months, like the last three months have been really hard for for everybody. It's it's June of 2020. It's been one hell of a year, the, the, this whole year, you know. And so it's very easy the the default stage to feel like overwhelmed, not good enough, I'm not getting anywhere, not going anywhere. You might have some type of dreams or visions, whether they're like conscious uh, and direct or indirectly, like I just want life to be better, but you don't quite know how to define that. And just seeing that that seems to be a default program that just like pulls you out to the ocean of despair and depressed and lose energy and stuff. So when I just started randomly started asking the right questions of like, you know, it, I'll ask myself now, like, am I worse than I was three months ago? And I'm like, no, like things are not worse. And then I can kind of go, okay, are they, are they better? Like, well, I guess they're a little better. And then training myself to be happy with that. Cause that is more realistic that that's, you know, even when you're, when you're reverse watching somebody who's very successful and happy and they're in a place that they want to be, they're usually older. And then you, you, you go track their backstory. It is this little, breadcrumb line of, of things were, were really bad or neutral and, and then started to kind of get better over time. So so that's the 1%. I tell myself 1% uh, every three month kind of growth, set my goals realistic. It allows things to be extra credit. So some some months things are better than that. And then it's then I'm feeling better. So kind of a mind trick, you know? Yeah, it's so true. Those 1% gains matter so much because like all growth is like incremental. And it's hard to tell. It's like when you lose weight, like you don't always know how much weight you're losing. And if you stop halfway because you're not seeing improvement, then you'll never really lose weight. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, like when you look around just real quick, like if you just think back of like high school or college and just kind of take an assessment of all your friends, like everybody's doing all right. Everybody can, you know, more or less kind of pass the class and do okay. And it's, it's not it's not so much, are you the best in class? Are you the super duperist? And then that means you're going to do okay. Like as I've gotten older, like watching people that are that are like way above my skill level, like what happened to them? It's not that everybody passed them up. It's that they just got discouraged and then just sunk into a hole. So it's not, it's not, can you do more? It's, can you not shoot yourself in the foot by the end of the year or the end of the decade? And so shifting, it's almost kind of a offensive defensive type mindset. I'm not trying to be the best anymore. I'm not trying to be super rocket awesome anymore. I'm just trying to go nice and slow and steady and not knock myself off a cliff at the end of the year or end of the decade, you know? So that's, that's kind of a different shift, you know? Yeah, for sure. Totally. I find that like the best improvements are like micro choices or micro behaviors yeah, that yeah. improve over time. It's never like this dramatic change mostly. Normally it's these small incremental things. Like yeah. Matthew Hussey, he even uses the term like micro attractions. He's like, it doesn't matter about like these big grand gestures. It's like all about mastering these micro things. So yeah. the big thing is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good. Matthew Hussey. I like him. Yeah, yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's also he's an INFJ and yeah, I know. System. Yeah, <laughs> one of those handsome Darren Brown types. <laughs> Very much is. <laughs> so, Dave, I saw your interview with Ben Yaman on Shadow Functions, and it was really good. Um, and I'm wondering, you talked about growth mindset and Zen state versus fixed mindset in the Savior Demon game. So I was wondering if you could go a bit into that. <laughs> yeah, totally. So growth and fixed mindset is one of those things that we kind of stumbled upon years ago, like everybody else. And and just we kind of just threw it in our bag of like, oh, that's cool. That's interesting. But then we've just been paying attention that we can continue. We, we continue to like reinvent it or rediscover it or refigure it out. Like as we'll kind of dive in, you know, starting with our own personal lives, like why am I feeling stuck or why is that person feeling stuck or why can't I get the thing done or why is this person so aggressive? So we're, we're usually always starting our psychology research from a position of fight or pain or anger or real life. Like we're never, we never, ever, ever, I won't say never, but like 99% of the time, we're never like, let's go down to the basement and study psychology. It's not that. It's like, okay, so we're, we're in a fight with like Cody's principal at school and there's some issue there. And that's when the psychology is like hitting us in the face. We're like, okay, so as we're settling this issue at school or whatever it is, Let's also pay attention to the psychological forces that are going on. And we'll just kind of write some down and make a game out of it, you know? So it's like the, the growth and fixed mindset was something that like it kept coming up, kept coming up, kept coming up. And then specifically, it just seems to be that like um, just in our demons in general, we all feel very stuck, very fixed. Again, defined by Carol Dweck, her work on growth and fixed mindset, where you just kind of have this defeatist attitude. You have this attitude of, well, I tried that. It didn't work. There's like a there's like a, a speech pattern to it that, that she tracks really well in, in her work and stuff. And so you'll see that same type of speech pattern, thought pattern, the, the, the world is falling, kind of a negative attitude, negative state. And generally speaking, it's, it's always happening to all of us on our, our demons. Like, like, so for example, it's like an area where I'm strong, say I'm trying to like, you know, work on an RC airplane or something I'm like, oh, I'll just keep at it until I get the thing to fly stable. But then if it's just like re-updating my phone or, or, or you know, getting a, a just one update, which I, I don't do, it's like, well, I tried it once and then my all my contacts were lost. So I'm never doing that again. It's like, it's incongruent that like, 
I'll I'll blast play a lot over here. I'll sleep last. I'll do my savers over here in this area, which is actually far harder to, to most people than just updating your phone. But then updating my phone, I won't do, which is actually so like the relativity, the relativity catches the personality. Like, why are you a genius over? We'll call it like sudden genius syndrome. Why are you so good over here? But you're so ridiculous over here. And it's just in that the 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 demons or the person's psychological weak spot or blind spot, they just get very fixed and 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 trapped. And so we're constantly trying to like le either leverage off of each other, you know, like okay, that person's good at that. How can I be more like that? Or even better in your own self, you're like, okay, if I got this RC airplane to fly, I, I swear to God, I can get this phone updated. You know, I, I've got to be able to do it, even though you don't feel like it. You know, so it, it's a big important thing we we see keep coming back to a high priority, the, the growth and fixed mindset related to the savers and demons. Yeah, it, it's really great, the correlation there. And I'm just like really NI fixated on the concept of growth and fixed mindset. Like it always haunts me because I want to understand it more. And yeah. so thank you. Thank yeah. you for shedding your light on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question about like single activated functions and double activated functions. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. So. So let's see, coming from Myers-Briggs land, just let's just say like a, a, a standard INTJ, it's um, like I'm closer to a standard INTJ compared to Shandy, who's closer to a, a non-standard ENTJ. So for me, I'm not, I'm getting single activated on my my fourth function, my SE, and it's it, the activation is coming from the animals. So it's like my my NI and FI are wired strong together, which creates the animal of sleep. So it's like it's it's pinging the 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 NI and the FI. So they're just getting activated once each. This is just in our, you know, made up wiring language. This is just how we're kind of looking at it. And so then the NI is getting hit again from the blast because the the um, the blast is hitting the NI and the TE. So now the NI is double activated, and then you run this through with all the animals, and it ends up where some of the functions. Simply put, some of the functions are getting pinged more often because of the animal's demand on on getting them. You know, so like when you're doing sleep, you need your NI, so that's it's bothering the NI, it's pinging the NI, it's act activating the NI. And then for for your other functions, they're not getting pinged as much; they're getting single activated compared to double activated. And so you end up you're just ending up with a uh, a function that's just not needed much. So not only is the function a demon but then there's not a lot of demand for it because your animals aren't asking for that information. Like, so for example, my TE is a demon, technically it's second, it's high, it's powerful, but it's being asked a lot. Like my blast is asking for TE and my play is asking for TE. And so, I so I'm continually to have to, to use T. So there's a, there's a struggle between my FI and my TE because the FI is the savior, but it's not as, it's not as much demand. It's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird, nice balance. You get kind of a, a nice balancer. But then my SE is just like left in the dark. Like it's like my whole wiring is like, you know what? I don't think we need that at all. Like the animals don't need it. The functions don't need it. Just leave that thing alone, you know? So for Shani, her wiring is different where her FI is fourth and it's double activated. It's gonna be similar to you. You're a glass lizard. All your parts are all upside down compared to the Myers-Briggs. So it just adds a very, the bottom line, it adds a very interesting dynamic. So. Take an INFJ, you can have some that are more Myers-Briggs top heavy where their NI and their FE are getting hit a lot. That's where they're getting double activated or double wired or their animals are demanding from their NI and their FE, you know? And then you can have some INFJs that are getting hit more on the bottom where it's more of their SC and their TI and that's getting more activated. So it just, it just seems to be a very genius way to take a very simple layout of just four functions of a grant function stack 
and just very cleverly have 32 different ways that you can wire the same set of hardware, you know? So yeah, that's what we're seeing with the activation and stuff. And it does, it does come up a lot too. Like you'll see it in people like, um, like why is that INTJ so, so why are they so into their SE? Oh, their SE is double activated. And why is this one not? No, it's not activated, you know? It's a really good way to make sense of the outliers, like the glass yeah. lizards. It's a really great addition to type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just wonder if it'll be like the next INFJ because it sounds cool. Everyone's like, am I a glass lizard? And then they'll all rush towards being a glass lizard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm always paying attention to that, to like what what is catching on in the popularity of the of the terms. It's true that like, we as humans can't not do that. Like there's 10 X's, we we're, we instantly have to go, what's the more popular ones? What's the cool one? What's the trendy one? We are very proud of ourselves, just a side rant. We are very proud of ourselves, like very purposefully before we started doing the videos a couple of years ago, like starting a, a very subtle yet aggressive campaign to knock down the intuition dominant as well as like INFJs in particular and build up sensory. And it's it's working a lot. Like we'll get people that come to us that are typing and they're like, Oh gosh, I hope I'm not one of these analogy driven chaos, crazy end dominance. I want to be more grounded with the sensory. And that's just trying to like, trying to take the, um, being aware of like being a YouTube person that you, you're going to be, you're going to be indirectly moving popularity, you know, and just trying to be conscious of that and trying to, trying to smudge the needle a little bit, you know, <laughs> so it's been, it's been funny to see it actually work. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great way to prevent the special snowflakes exactly. from all gathering around one type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we'll just real quick, we'll pay attention if we knock them down too hard. Like, okay, let's let's throw them a we have a kick in the butts of the TIs too. Let's give them a ISTPs are great video. Let's kind of let's kind of bring them back up. The little double the side, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta piss them off, but not too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's so awesome. And so I want to ask you. What does it mean to be missing an animal? Like, what does your last animal signify? <laughs> so, so missing an animal is bad branding by us, Shani in particular, because she's not here to defend herself. That that's a that's a bad way of saying it because nobody's missing anything. Like, we we just accidentally like said it like that. So, it's going back, to what we just talked about like branding and popularity. So, it's like no one's missing an animal, but we'll often miss, miss say that as like your fourth animal is, is quote unquote missing, but it's not really missing. It's just like, it's just like your fourth function, which is also not missing. Like, you know, I can use SE and you can use FE. It's just like, we'd rather not, and we'll do it last, but when we have to, we'll use it. So usually it's referring to like the fourth, the fourth animal or the fourth function or, or both. Um, the last one, uh, and, or the, the, the missing one is, is in the sense of like, it's the one where the life problems are really coming from. Like, so what's, will be interesting with you is like with you NITI sleep consumed. So it's like, it's like, you'll have more issues in the FE than the average INFJ and not as many issues in the SE compared to the average INFJ, you know? So it's like your, your fourth function, your fourth animal, your fourth letter, whatever is, is actually could be more of like your FE, which is the second function, you know? So like the, the problem function, the missing function, the problem function, uh, as well as the animal is, is usually what we're referring to. So it's in the context of, it's in the context of, yeah, great. Here's the person's silly type. Where's the life issues coming from? And it's like that, it's that fourth one or that missing one. True. So it's like the demons are normally the life problems. Yeah. So have... Yeah. And then and then of the demons, there's one of them that's really bad. And like like so for example, with Shani, her, hers is kind of weird. And I think you would follow the same math. 
is like Shani has FI fourth. So standard ENTJ FI is going to be hard and painful and all the rest. But like the math is like her her super fourth or her her missing one is actually her NI. And so it's it's interesting because it's like if you're watching Shani, I think this will be true for yourself as well. It's like it's almost like the two demons. You got the fourth one at the bottom, which is the harder, more painful one, uh, like childish one. But then if it's double activated, there's you're still getting some work on it. But then there'll be that that other one, which which for Shani is the second one. So it's like Shani's life issues are like FI, you know, decisions and, and dealing with bad emotions as well as organization, you know, skipping and too much chaos. You know, for me, I'm just double downing on SE last and consume last or missing consume or missing SE. So I'm just like getting all of my problems in one area where some people will kind of stagger it a little bit, you know, because my TE is still a demon, but it's, a, it's such a soft demon. So I, I think in the end, it's all the same amount of screw off. It's just that you might you might have them a little bit more balanced or you might be going like you've got this rocking one demon function and then you're double doing it on, a, on, the, on the other one. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. You also have this like great way of putting it. You said like last last, like they won't talk and like, you know, play last will leave you hanging. Yeah. And yeah, you had this like great way of putting it. And uh, yeah. like <laughs> in a very concise way. So that's um another pro of like uh, objective personality is that you guys put type in a concise way that makes it less like woo woo. So yeah. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, a struggles being blast last. So like I've had like growing up, like I just wouldn't talk. So what would happen is like when I would talk and people were like, wow, insightful. What would happen is they'd go like, I just thought you didn't think because you didn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, right. I'm like, that is the most offensive thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm like, of course their gears turning when I'm not talking. Yeah. But apparently. Yeah, people need to see proof of that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, we'll also see with the blast last is like they'll be quiet for a long period of time. And then when they finally do talk, it'll sometimes it'll just be this super unload. You know, like the, the giant walls of text that we get of emails oftentimes are people that are actually blast last. And like they, you just won't hear from them for a year. And then you literally get this one year update with like, like, dude, this would be eight hours to go through all this kind of stuff. So we'll see that too. Like once the blast last unleashes, it's all of this consume that's been bottled up just comes flooding out. Yeah. And everything like I've sleep digested, it all comes out at once. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, whoa, this is a lot to process. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it at you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So on the topic of blast last, I was wondering if you could break down my OP type and let me know a bit about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we've typed you as NITI, so INFJ function stack, and we see that being a real thing that the Grant function stack does seem to be something that we're we're able to kind of track, you know, independently of each other. Uh, so NITI are the savers, which produces the sleep animal. So it's going to be a lot of introspective of the patterns that you're gathering in um, that are going to be personal patterns. Same thing that I'm doing, but then you're going to be kind of like trying to figure out the logic to it. Um, and trying to figure out what's truthful, what's real, how does it work, kind of take it apart, you know, kind of very, you know, NT, you know, introverted NT. And then second animal is consume. So it's now going to be down your lower functions, your SE and TI. So it's like you're using SE in a saver state, which is um, kind of an interesting thing, like doesn't really exist in Myers-Briggs land. And as well as uh, that's what we do call like kind of a glass lizard where somebody's getting a, an activation like that on their their last function. We, we find that like 
the 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 people that have that are oftentimes a little more burdened by the extra consciousness. Like so, for example, me and Ty Lopez, it's just like se what I don't care. Everything's fine. Life is easy, simple. Just not seeing down into that fourth function on a regular basis, especially not in a safer state. Only when you have to. So the 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 that that's kind of a interesting trade off. The the kind of burdened by the extra. The extra responsibility of the demon in a safe in a safer state, where everybody else is like, "Yeah, I'll deal with that later," you know. Um, and then uh, third is play. So now it's going to be Fe and Se, your two extroverted functions working together. Um, and that's kind of like both you and I have that in common as play third. So it's like you and I are like, "Oh, I could do this for an hour. I could I could throw crazy chaos back and forth." Now you and I both know we're going to go take a nap after this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we we prefer having like some prep before this, which you sent me a nice list of uh, e you know email questions. I really appreciate. So it's like the play is like the third demon. It's kind of the hobby function. It's kind of fun, uh, and we can kind of run to it and use it when our two other savers aren't working out well. And we'll run to the play. I'll just ask people what's going on and, and and all that kind of stuff. And then for you, the last one is going to be the blast, which is also where it gets weird because that's your top two functions: your your ni and your fe. Once you're at the top, like those two, even though they're sitting right next to each other, like those are the two that are going to have a harder time wiring together. That's the same with Shani. Um, and so that's like standard INFJ stuff. <laughs> like you're, That's going to be the last thing you're doing of like, let me teach the tribe. Let me go get into everyone else's business and check on their emotions and how are they feeling and what do they want to do? And I'll, I'll take care of myself later. Like that's, that's a lot of what the savior blast is doing. Um, and that's that's what you'll be doing later. Blast also has to do with like controlling the tribe. So like even this, like this is this is blast where it's like not only are you organizing personality stuff, but then you're like you're controlling the tribe where you're you're reaching out to us. You're like, okay, this time this I remember you emailed me. I'm like, oh, how about this time? You're like, oh no, I'm thinking like months out. I'm like, oh, love it. This is great. So like <laughs> like you scheduled this months ago. So but it's still like like putting this all th this plan together. It, which is introverted OI, you know, in your case, NI, but it's also extroverted FE, where you're actually executing it in the real world with other people, you know? So so that's plus. So this is an example of you kind of in the, the fourth animal or alpha state or whatever, where a blast laster is going to actually control the tribe, put it all together. There's nothing more harder because you'd have to go through all of your other functions and animals to get down to that state, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm really giving my demons a run for their money yeah. <laughs> with the, the series I'm making. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> really yeah, good. That's awesome. And yeah. so I was wondering about the double feminine and what that means. <laughs> yeah, double feminine. So we're tracking first the the masculine or feminine of the sensory. So it doesn't matter if it's SI or SE. And everybody's got two masculine functions and two feminine functions. The masculine ones tend to be where we're kind of hold or shove. And, and they're... I noticed like when, when just a side rant, when we see people that are like saviors, masculine and introverted, like those three forces are rather powerful because it's like your your saviors are obviously running the show, right? But introverted functions also run the show because even double extroverts, they're like, they'll they'll say all this chaos talk, but they really are trying to get their own internal agenda that they may not be aware of. So like introverted functions are very powerful. And then masculine functions are very powerful. Like for example, you watch with Shani and I, she has double activated feminine SE as a savior and can't remember nothing. And I have like double demon screw you SE at the bottom. And like, I can remember stuff more. Like where the hell is that coming from? It's like, we see that consistently. It's just coming from the masculinity of my sensory that I can grab things in the audio and feels like a simpler 
um, set of software. Like, for example, like if we were to do this video just by audio only, like the megabytes would come way down, you know? So it's like, it's a lot easier for my brain to grab and store away. I'm just storing away audio. I'm not storing away visual where the feminine sensory is storing away the visual. So it seems to be harder. I don't know, something like that, right? So when you get somebody that's like, oh, this would be you actually, like saviors, mask saviors introverted and masculine is that right so your 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 ni is masculine your ti is, yeah so that's that's an example right there so it's like your se is going to be feminine and then therefore your opposite of se is your ni so your ni is masculine now that's kind of nice because it's like an abstract function to begin with it's already a feminine function to begin with so your ni is masculine and then your extroverted decider is the second thing that we're tracking then that's your fe your FE is feminine. So how you're dealing with the tribe is feminine. We also notice that that's how you'll view the tribe. You'd be like, yeah, people aren't really abusive and attacking. Like usually the people with masculine extroverted decider are viewing the tribe that way, you know? So the feminine extroverted decider is like, yeah, they're movable. Um, it's, it's interesting, like you, you'll, you'll pick up what you're putting out, you know? But then the reverse is true where the TI now is gonna be masculine. So you may be this like, cute, feminine, easygoing girl on the outside, but then like have this zone. Like if people get to know you more, it's like when it comes to your way, you're like, no, this is my plan. This is my understanding. This is how it works. And then the masculinity will show up there. Now, if it's introverted, it's not usually as intense. Like our son, Cody, he's T-E-S-E masculine. And so those two are extroverted and they're more masculine functions, you know, like 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 uh, the T and the S compared to N and F, you know? And then they're they're extroverted and they're masculine and they're saviors. So it's like aggressive and punchy on top of aggressive and punchy, and everybody can see it, you know. But then he has a double feminine inner world, you know, which only, you know, like his family will see because he won't let you see him cry, you know, I'll run away and cry, right? So that's kind of the the breakdown of the sexuals. And it's um it's a very fascinating thing to watch. It's another thing that adds a lot of dynamic to people. Like, so for example. Um, which was rather funny because like a double masculine version of your exact type is going to be the other way where they're going to have masculine SE and masculine FE. So they're going to be pushing and shoving and more aggressive on the outside, but then they won't have that strong inner confidence that you have or your type has naturally on the inside because their NI would be feminine. And so they'd be second guessing their function, their, their patterns all the time. Their TI is feminine, so they're, they're second guessing whether they did it right or they're worthy, you know, more often it's just more of a wiggly function. So it's weird because it's like sometimes you'll see like like your types can be hard to read because it's like depending on which video you're watching, it's like, oh, I'm getting a lot of feminine from Joyce. Well, it could be that she's in a extrovert demon state or I'm like getting a lot of masculinity. It's like, oh, she's in a savior like in her zone state. And then the reverse is true with uh, a double masculine with double feminine saviors you know so it gets all it gets all weird then you'll find people like cody it's like double masculine and it's his saviors and that's it's rather easy to see like oh that's 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 double masculine because it's hitting you in the face so that's been a fun interesting thing to see is you've got the the personality code of the functions and the animals and then you have four different versions on how you can have the sexual energy 
interplay with that. Yeah, that is fascinating. Yeah, it really uh, is. I liked how you talked about projection and how people project their own selves, their inner contents onto yeah. the world around them. That is so true. Like, for example, I used to have this friend who would cheat on all her boyfriends. And in each of her relationships, her primary fear was that her boyfriend was cheating on her. Yeah. Each of them. And I was like, wow, this is a lot of projection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we put our fears into the world when they may not exist. So that yeah. brings us to like, what is a decider and what is an observer? <laughs> um, like, like a uh, type wise or or function wise, like a person, the the whole as a person, a decider person or decider function. We can go with the person first and then the function after. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So like, um, we're we're tracking five hundred and twelve personality types. But if you were to simplify it down to just two. One way to keep it really simple would just be like people are either observers or deciders. And this is defined by their life issues and their life problems. And it's 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 no joke. It's very, very extreme. I mean, it's it's what people will, will break up over, crime, um, fears, whether they're protesting in the street or not, or what they're protesting about. Like it, it is really what the, the human needs and the fears that drive our human behavior to an extreme degree. And there's no there's no getting out of it. If you are an observer there is a 1000% chance that this is going to be your types of fears and, and and the things that you like, things that you don't like without exception. It's, it's, it's very intense. So an observer is going to be an EP or an IJ where they just have this Cyclops single observer function at the top, whether it's NE, SI, uh, NI, or SE, just some type of observing function doesn't matter. And then therefore at the bottom is that smaller observer function. So it's just like, these two are in a wrestle and and this one is just enormous and then this one is just this tiny little one that that hardly stands a chance and so everything in life is just getting pulled into this one-sided view of reality so the world is seen in a very chaotic way and that's that's scary or the world is seen in a very controlling way and it really divides into those two kind of sections so for the observers you got one half that are just afraid out of their mind that they're going to be controlled and then the other half are like afraid out of their mind that the control that they do have is going to erupt into chaos. Now with the deciders, it's now the IPs and the EJs where they have some type of decider function at the top, whether it's TI or FI or FE or TE. And then they got the smaller one at the bottom. And then it's just this wrestling match where the first one is being the heck out of the, the last one. And whatever you got in the middle is relatively balanced, you know. And so the deciders, it's funny when we see people come in through video typing, it's like right away in the first few minutes, we can usually get that coin sorted out pretty quick because like for the most people the observers when they're turning on their video it's usually like oh i recorded this twice and the thing cut out and 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 the, my mom's gonna interrupt me and, and i don't know how to upload this and they're they're expressing some kind of frustration and trying to process some type of control or chaos with the video typing service or the computer or the thing and then the rest of their one hour video is not talking about John, Jim, Sally, and people in specifics. They're talking about life and in control chaos to some degree. And then the, the deciders, the other way around, they will also have computer problems or sign up problems or frustrations, which they'll address in two seconds, fully processed and move on, no matter how dramatic it is. So it's fascinating to watch people jump over the same task and the observers amplify and freak it out and the deciders don't. But then as the deciders get talking, their stories always evolve into specific people, specific events, trying to trying to deal with themselves and or others and trying to uh, get that get that through. So like the thing to really look for is a lot of times, what is the person not processing? 
like if you if you were to watch back the video of you and me like very rarely are we going to say a specific person's name especially in context of you or i are trying to process some gossip or relationship issue we had with that person because you and i have people relatively on autopilot oh yeah they're jerks so i'm having an issue with my neighbor i'll work it out what i don't need to like vent my emotions about that now it's not a big deal it'll work itself out but you and i will sit here all day long talking about the concepts and how does it go and where is it going and the missing information and, it, and it's so obvious that it's hard to see sometimes you'll miss you gotta like step back just ask these very simple questions what is this conversation about as well as what is this conversation not about you know, so that's that's uh, observers and deciders as people. Yeah, uh, that really like resonates. Um, right now, I'm having like a bit of an observer freak out because uh, there are dogs in the background. They're like, art, art. So I have my mic set for like ultimate like cancel out noise, but yeah. there's still like people talking really loud and like doorbells ringing, and I'm like chaos. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, my mom is. Um, I think she's an SE savior, like an ESFP. And like, she is constantly changing her mind every two seconds. Like, oh, I'll do this. No, 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 change, change, change. And yeah. then she'll like create chaos that I have to deal with. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like she bought like a hundred cans of dog food. And what happened is I had to refund them all for her because they weren't the right, like my, my dog wouldn't eat it. She didn't try it out first. So <laughs> then it was chaos. And then <laughs> the storekeeper's like, telling like scolding me it's like you know you should have tried out this dog food before buying a hundred cans and I was like <laughs> I think my mom just just jumps full in into the sensory and just doesn't look back well, <laughs> yeah and like and, and while I'm sitting here I'm trying to process that like I'm in the downstairs room it's really hot today I have the ACs on upstairs I'm like Oh, am I gonna start sweating? Oh no! So should I should I wipe the sweat off? Like, is she gonna edit that out? Like, oh, I should have put the AC in this window. Like the and what I'm not thinking about is what the hell is Shan doing up there? When Shan is down here doing video, she's like, oh no, I kicked Dave out of the downstairs room. Is he gonna be upset? Did he needed to work? So she, her brain can't stop thinking about the other person. When I'm down here, I'm just like forget about the other person. But I'm like trying to mastermind you know, the house temperature, like that's what my background program is. Just so like, you just, it's, it's insane. Like you can't not do it, whatever type you are, you know? It's absolutely, I totally agree. It's an addiction for sure. Yeah. And, and like, and honestly, like real quick, what we're doing right there, like therapeutically, the way to do it is like to consciously see it, say it out loud, address it, and then laugh at it. Cause there's no, there's no there's no going away. Like you and I are going to always have these weird, like dog food, AC type tendencies our whole life. But to be able to catch a few, see them and laugh at it, it brings great relief to the other people uh, uh, around you. Cause they're like, Oh my gosh, I can see you freaking out about that. I'm glad that you could see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I, I realize that like a lot of my problems with people is how they're chaotic. So what will happen is like, yeah. I'm still kind of like grudging over like the dog food and how I had to do that because it just was so poorly planned. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't like to be a bucket for other people's chaos. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, yeah, I totally agree. And so my question is, you mentioned like double feminine and double masculine in, a while back. And I was wondering, do you have like a, the a theory of attraction? Like, do does the masculine like the feminine? Is there yeah. a yin to their yang? Just the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that, it it seems to be like the, the stupid NIFI that my very limited consume runs back to is like growing up in the eighties. 
we had these very sexist, racist Bugs Bunny type cartoons that 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 were were made in like the '60s, and they would still air in the '80s, and they were so over the top uh, extreme of like if you could just get a, a group of like male writers to just just write out whatever they animalistically felt like, and there was no nobody that was going to get upset. Like, what would you see? What would that look like? And it was just like this this honest flow of the the sexual energy psyche. This is just my opinion. It's same with like why we love and we're fascinated with studying like prisons and stuff like that. Cause it's like all the social constructs are being, you're, you're down to the very primal, you know, how racist are we really? How sexist are we really? Like you see it in those extreme things when you pull away um, all of culture, which, you know, side note, it's also interesting to watch kind of the upward spiral, which we're going through right now in the age of 2020, where there's like a big burst of like, a lot of social issues and equality. Like, you know what? We want to level up the consciousness of society and not live like animals like we used to. We want to start to bring more equality, but it's something to like, it's got to be like forced into consciousness, you know? Anyway, so like going back to the the ridiculousness of yet the honesty of like the old Bugs Bunny cartoons and stuff where, where you know, Bugs Bunny would like dress up in this extremely feminine, you know, sexy outfit to like trick yosemite sam who's this ma like this masculine crazy aggressive ej kind of character and um it's it's just it's 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 simply put as that and like the thing that we're seeing is like um the first thing that was uh uh an update to us was that masculine and feminine does not necessarily mean male or female or you know male and female it's like everybody has two masculines and two feminines and statistically speaking that yes, and Jordan Peterson kind of gets into the statistics of this, like, yes, most males are more masculine compared to most females that are more feminine. But the overlap is pretty, pretty there's a pretty significant overlap. Like, and, and with the, the dawn of YouTube where you can meet people besides just the people that live in your town, very quickly you see, wow, there is a lot of feminine males out there. There's a lot of masculine females out there. And um, and that just falls on the relativity of their functions. Yet, you know, still the generalities of most feminine energy is landing in the female party versus most. I mean, you get you get the idea. It's it's you get the overlap in the spectrum. And so um, the the opposites absolutely attract just to an insane, simplistic Bugs Bunny degree. The masculine is attracted to the feminine. The feminine is attracted to the masculine. And that largely has to do with, I guess you could say, the, the the functions, but it seems to be more than that, you know. And so, for example, we'll see, um, like, like, for example, tomorrow we have a friend coming over that we know, and uh, he's a male, and he's double feminine. And Shani and I already know, and I could, you know, we already know that his wife is most likely going to be double masculine. It's kind of like little cues we've picked up from talking to him, but we haven't met her yet. But chances are she's double masculine, you know, and we see that consistently. And, and she'll kind of play the more, we'll see that the, the the double masculine female will play more of the masculine role in some regards. And like, it just seems to be like roles, you know? And Shandy and I have this a lot too, where it's like, like, um, like I've got the feminine TE. So it's like, I play, I play the, the feminine role when it comes to like housework and dishes and stuff like that. Like, I I love you know I love the cooking I love the cleaning I love like doing chores like what would be regarded as like feminine type energy or whatever uh, like the helpfulness I want to my feminine te wants to 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 kind of give and be helpful and be moved and it's very movable you know I'm not I'm not trying to be masculine with the t I'm not trying to shove with the t 
that's that's Shani. She's more of the masculine role in that regard. And so it's been a it's been a very um like a very honest, freeing, yet very simple. It makes a lot of sense to just look at the sexuality in a, a spectrum like that and, and then recognizing that like that I'm in the feminine role here, here, and here in our relationship. It makes it a lot easier, like when we go on car rides or we have some task we gotta do for business or we're meeting people. And it's like, she needs to be person A. And that's how we'll say like, you're person A, which means you're the masculine. Like you're gonna drive this ship. You're gonna punch through, you're directing. And then the other person is the person be the feminine, the supportive. And to be able to interchangeably change those roles. And then also being more conscious of, okay, so where is my masculine? Oh, that's in my FI, which I see that. And then my SE, my SE demon. And then being more conscious of that, of like, I'll get the aggressive, um, grabby consume, you know, aggressive animalistic demon SE is like, oh, wow, that's, that's where kind of my Hulk monster is, or that's where my aggressive masculine energy comes from, which is a demon, which is like, damn good to be aware of that. See, like masculine SE on the top, like the person knows, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bruiser. I'm, I'm, I'm a little Chevy. I'm a little rough. Like you have it at the bottom, like you don't know that, like, eh, you, you kind of want to know that, you know? So, um, that's that's what we see and then it's just been a um it's just been a very obvious spectrum of when people date and are attracted to each other that very consistently that they are some form of opposite some some form of mismatch and then i also see just real quick it doesn't have to be exact it seems to be the more the better kind of thing um it's not it's not mathematical it's not exact it seems to be that you are you are assigning roles like Okay, I'll be feminine in the kitchen and you'll be masculine over here. Like, like the roles are being divvied out. Where we see the relationships kind of go weird is where there's like contradictory roles. Like the, the, the couple, they both want to be masculine over the control of the garage. And that's where the fights are, you know, or, or they're both feminine where they're like, well, I'm not going to raise the kids. Well, I'm not going to raise the kids either. And like now they're, they're overlapping in a feminine role somewhere. And that's where there'll be problems as well, you know? So anyways, I, I don't have a lot of, super ST data on it. It's something that we are, it's one of our top priorities of focused interests, not only with the attraction with the male, female, but then the, the spectrum that goes into gender and LGBT and, and all, and, and that whole world. And so um, it's something that, uh, that, that we want to have more good clarity as we get more data in over the years, then have different people that can kind of sort that out, sort that out for us. But yeah, it's a, it's fascinating. Now I can like draw a line of best fit about all like the guys who like me. Apparently they're, probably double masculine or somewhere around that line. It's fascinating to learn about attractions among types. So yeah. I was wondering, yeah. So I was wondering, I forgot to ask you this before, but what is the growth path of my type? <laughs> the growth path, that's a good question. I think it's very general. Like um, for what we're doing or what we're finding ourselves doing is largely a couple of things is, is number one, trying to figure out or if you could discover what your savers and demons are, what your natural tendencies are, so like, okay, I'm gonna have a hard time with blast and people and, you know, SE to some degree, et cetera. But then like using an objective reference point, an objective goal, because like the problem is the subjective, the subjective nature of our savers and demons is we just, you know, talk ourselves off a cliff. Like we, we see reality based upon our savers and demons. That's the most extreme thing that we're seeing. And so, like the, 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 the problem is subjectivity. The problem is you are geared to just see this spectrum of reality. And then the opposite type is to see that spectrum of reality. So the answer is some kind of balance as well as like objectivity. So like the, the, the people that were like 
typing every Tuesday in the classes and stuff, like that is kind of the the thing that we're finding ourselves moving towards is like there are people that have found their way out of the unconsciousness and the addictions and their saviors. And all, you know, they don't have the terms for it, but they we're we're seeing what their type is and going, well, you've discovered your demons and some objective goal or whatever. So I think yourself, just like anybody else, that's going to be getting a conscious understanding of your saviors and demons. Shani and I like to say, try and catch a few, or we'll say, you know, it's like, see if you can catch 10 times a day where you're being a blast last, uh, you know, demon SE, demon FE or whatever, like try and catch 10 of those a day. There's a hundred of them going on. Your brain's going to delete them all or not see them, but you try and catch as many as you can and build the consciousness of that imbalance. Um, but then not doing that in a subjective bubble, because then you'll be like, I caught some, I'm doing good, says me. Like, that's the original problem, says you, you know? But then the second thing is having, taking the consciousness of the code, the savers and the demons, number one, and then leveraging it against the hero's journey, number two. Okay, so how has Tony Robbins gotten out of this? How's Gary Vee gotten out of this? How's, how's uh, Jim Carrey or, or Tom Tom? Like, looking at other people that have same, similar, opposite, you know, you can look at their code and relate to parts and then move towards that objective direction of trying to get to get balance and stuff. So that's kind of that's kind of what's evolving for us. That's kind of what we're seeing. Yeah, that that is it really tracks with people in real life. Yeah. There's there's definitely that. People get stuck in their savior fixations and then they leave everything else behind in the dust. So yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and so my question for you is are there any INTJs you've typed that you really relate to? I'd say like not to be too general, I'd say all of them, I'm trying to see myself like having demon consume. Technically I have an introverted animal last. So, so like my sleep last cousins, I'll have a hard time seeing myself, you know? So like, you know, you were saying earlier, like doing these video series is doing the, doing the blast with the tribe is like a great way to push yourself. For me, it's actually the editing. Like when I go back and I have to edit myself, I have to like, cons like SE, and like F5, ooh, you know, like that's been kind of awakening for me. So it's like when I see other INTJs come through, I am trying to relate to them as much as I can in order to see myself. Like, 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 so for example, just the other day, our neighbor, um, or you know, the, the other, the other neighbor, uh, same type as me, except he's double feminine and he's blast sleep rather than sleep blast, but ver same, same, same pile of problems, right? And, uh, just we were we were bringing the trash cans out to the street and he kind of came running up and caught us and started talking to us and it was just this very intense awkward 15 minutes of watch shani and i both watching him just trying to process missing information he's like hey you guys were gone the other day like yeah he's like and then like the box that i was supposed to get like the box didn't sh again it's all about things and missing information it's nothing about people and the box didn't show up and i thought it was at your house and i i went to your house and you weren't there and and i saw this thing and hey do you have a drone do you fly a drone I'm like no i got a an airplane it's like i thought it was a drone i'm like no dude it's, a, it's an airplane i've been flying it for like two months like flying over your house like i just i thought that was a drone i just heard it and like like didn't even sensorly look at like I already and I know what that is like won't even sensorly look at it you know just this 20 minutes uh, and then like long pauses between each just bugging out on random silly missing information and then going into the economy and the job there's everything and I'm just like and it took me a good you know I guess I'm still processing it see notice notice that like I'm processing the missing information of the missing so it's like like I 
it's like the reaction is, oh my gosh, what a freak. But then it's like the the relate to of like, wow, I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be trapped in this clown house world where your shoes are constantly missing, you know, as an analogy, like missing, like what happened? Where did it go? And, and trying to put that together, you know? So like Ty Lopez, I'll relate to his, his over crazy blastness, you know, where he's constantly trying to teach a lesson. Tim Ferriss, I'll relate to the extreme drive and need for efficiency. Um, so I'm, I'm constantly trying to get as much as I can out of all of them in, in, in some scary, sad hopes to try and see myself to, to not continue to be an INTJ, you know? <laughs> True. <laughs> you said this uh, statement before that if you're cringing, then it might be reminding you of yourself. Yeah. So that's how you know someone is of your type because a part of you won't want to be that. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. Or at least, a, or at least a function, you know, you'll see other blast lasters or whatever, or, or demon FEs. you be like, ah. You know, they could be a totally different type, but yeah, very often. Yeah. It's so I wonder, true. Yeah, it's so true. It hits too close to home. And you also mentioned this point before about how like Young originally wanted the 16 types to be like a, a kind of like diagnosis. It's not actually something to label yourself with, but something yeah. like you can overcome. And it's like a, a diagnosis to overcome instead yeah. of a, a type yeah. that you stick with. I know, right? Yeah, that that's something that we're we're trying to jab people at a little bit of like, um, like you're you're making fun of your personality disorder. You know, I'm an INTJ. It's like that you're saying I drive a car that the two front tires are flat. You're bragging that you don't have SEFI or SATE. Like, what are you bragging about that imbalance? Like, that's not something to be uh, proud of. Well, I'm I got this type, which means these tires are flat, not those. So I'm better than it's like. This, this, these are just a starting point to know where is half of your program off. Like, like, um, it does just kind of a side rant. It does, this does kind of bring in, you know, more, more NI, but like the evolutionary psychology worldview is basically like it, it, evolution is designed for the human species and it works perfect. It's designed to get all of us to have these crazy delusions of like, you know what? screw you, I'm going to run over that hill and I'm going to go do my own thing. And therefore the species is constantly going up because we're scared, we're hurt, we're offended, we're driven, we're pain, pleasure. So we're all constantly going, chasing our delusions, chasing our dreams, which is now moving the species forward. And which is great for the first 30 years because you get to find new territory, your savers were right, You've, you're the termite that found the wood pile, hooray for you, you get to reproduce, your genes live on and everything works out great. The issue, I think a lot of it is like, we now have kind of like conquered the jungle. We're all just kind of sitting around like, yeah, I got food. Yeah, we found literally, literally found every place on the earth, Google Maps. We found everything. Like we beat the game, evolutionarily speaking. Screw you, squirrels. We won. We got all of it, you know? So now it's like, it's left with this huge void of like, well, now what do I do for the next 60 years? Just sitting around, staring at each other, playing games. Like, and so- like now it's like evolution is like, well, I don't have an answer for that. I don't, I don't need you to do anything else because you've already done it. And I sure as heck don't care if you're happy. I don't care if you're fulfilled. I don't care if you're balanced. I designed you to be imbalanced so you'll fight each other. So you'll spread, you know? And so it's like, well, that, that was a big thing that really sunk in for me. It's like, okay, if I am going to live to be 80 or 90 years old, that's now on me. It was evolution's job to get me the first 30 years, which is which it did. I was a raging maniac and I proved myself and I got married early and then divorced and did a business and then it fell apart and got friends and got enemies and I 
I, I played the game for the first 35 years and evolution is like, okay, my job is done. And so now it's just like, it's a, it's a deep, deep, very deep self responsibility kind of thing of like, if I'm going to bring balance to my life and I'm going to stop these tidal waves of chasing my tail as an IJ, that's all on me. And evolution is just sitting there with her arms crossed. Like, I'm not going to help you. And so, um, that's been a big thing that's really kind of set in of uh kind of going back to what you're saying of like like when when th with all that said with all that ni that's a lot lot there it's like when people are like yay my type i'm like i'm like hearing that in the context of everything that i just said of like you got a long way to go <laughs> you got you got a lot to, great job you got the type you got the best type ever anyways a lot to balance if you don't want to hit that predictable tidal wave that happens next year of your exact type, you know? So. Yeah. It's like a good tool for diagnosing your voids and it's good for knowing where your tidal waves are coming from. So you're totally right. With yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like the cat's out of the bag and like, it, it's, it's hard for us to describe what we're actually really seeing at scale. Like to, to be sitting here for all these years, watching all these people that are just turning out to be more and more the same. And I know I have NI that's like forcing it anyways, but it's very much like it's, it's the look on Darren Brown's face when you really kind of get him in an interview. He's just like, Ugh. you know, like just it's, it's, he just sees the same for, he's gotten down to the courts, the same forces. So it's just like, it's, it's, um it's been a lot for us to emotionally process, to talk to a lot of 25 year olds or even our nine year old, where it's just like, look, kid i know it's gonna happen like nine-year-old who's gonna go off the dirt bike jumps like i did i got you know scars here scars here broken arms like i already know it's gonna happen and then you know the way that you're interacting with the kids like that's gonna get you you know the kids are gonna beat you up for that or whatever you're gonna have bad relationships so it's like you're sitting there watching people like oh here comes an ep an ep that thinks they're out to control them like here we go again it's like it's the realest thing in the world to them and there's a 100% chance we all know where this is going. We've seen it every single time just ad nauseum. And then to watch it like happen the next couple of months, you're just like, that's that's kind of hard to, to, to process. Oh, that's taken us a while to process where you, you can see it in others. You know exact detail of how they're going to walk off a cliff in their respected type. And... Um, uh, the thing that has helped us with that is kind of playing the time game of knowing how long it's taken us to get some consciousness of our own patterns. And I guess what I what, what we've done to like to, to process the like screw you factor, like like just picking on the EPs because they're not here to defend themselves is like you'll see the EPs like going off their chaos thing. And you're like, you're going to get so controlled by the tribe for that eventually, you know, and and, and to manage the um, not wanting to hate them for that. It's just kind of like. Uh, I'll catch you on the next one. Eventually, as you get older, year after year, when you finally see, oh, I, I'm getting what's going on. I want to be there for that person when they when they have their turnaround, you know. And 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 um, uh, we, we, that's that's helped us a lot, especially with our, our son Cody. It's like nine years old. It's like ah, I can't I can't get through to him as a nine year old, but I'm like, let me shift my FI to when he's 25. Let me let him go through a lot of this stuff. Of course, try and prevent it, but he's a kid. He's gonna want to do it anyways. And let me reserve some energy and reserve some love that when he's 25 and or, or however old that he finally starts to go, ah, I'm starting to see it that I'm still there to, to have a relationship. You see a lot of parents, they're like, I tried to tell you 10 times and you said, screw you. So now that you're in need five years later, screw you. You know what I mean? And so 
that's that that's been um hard to process um just knowing too much information i guess knowing knowing what's going to happen with people's lives and and trying not to go crazy about it and try and trying to still be there for them even though you told them so 10 times you know <laughs> i guess it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like predicting their big life problems and the thing with that is i think carl young carl young has like a quote where he says like something about mastering your shadow and if you don't then it your shadow will direct you and you will call it fate yeah and so yeah it seems like you're doing a great service to the type community <laughs> yeah yeah thanks yeah. thanks yeah, yeah. The, those, those quotes on carl young about the darkness are just dead on that's exactly what we're seeing yeah yeah uh, it makes a lot of sense and so my question for you is what is the most meaningful part of your work I'd say pretty much what we're just talking about, like seeing people have their wake ups. And I've noticed too, like, like right now, this month or the past couple of months um, here, halfway through the year 2020, we've been st starting to do the videos when we start 2018, I guess, when we started hitting it full time. So it's been about two years that there's been quite a few people that are starting to wake up now that like that are that are it's really starting to hit them in a deeper level. And it's it's um it's the most meaningful thing that that Shani and I experience is like when we get the email or the phone call from the person that, that we know, we know them, we've, we've known them for a couple of years and they're sending that like existential deep death, deep despair, deep, like, Oh my God, the bottom of their life has fallen out. But they also are standing on some consciousness and responsibility that they are aware of that that's part of the journey. So it's not like, it's not like they're falling down the hole and they're like, Oh my gosh, I want to die for real they're not totally losing it because they have some kind of a framework of like wait this was supposed to happen this is part of the journey and so they'll have a very um double decider type conversation of like i'm going through the worst hell i've ever gone through uh, my life is absolutely miserable i'm crying every day uh, I, I can't eat i can't sleep i i feel trapped i feel horrible this is all from me i'm finally seeing how much my abusive saviors are causing everything. It's not my boss. It's not my mom. It's not the economy. This has been me all along. A lot of times it's got to wait till a little bit older, you know, usually thirties or so. And, um, but then at the end of the email is like, and I've never felt so free. I know this is part of the journey. I'm going to take this day by day. And that's just like, you have this friend in the darkness, you know, cause like Shani and I going through all this stuff is a very, very dark, dark, dark time that we never, we never got rid of the darkness. Like, it's like, if you come over to our house, it's like, we're just like sitting there tapping our foot. Like, can we talk about darkness? Can we talk about death? Can we talk about just existentialism? Can we talk about depression and pain? You know, the, the stuff in the light is only half the coin. It's like watching a movie. You're like, can we get to the car chase? Can we get to the the struggle? You know? So seeing that in people where they're, they're getting down into the, the deepest, darkest darkness there can ever be for their, their point of view, you know? And then to see them start to come up out of that hero's journey. That's the most meaningful thing for us. It also is like a very personal thing for us because it feels like feels like friend, you know, uh, a deep kind of connection there. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the most meaningful thing for us. Yeah, it's like helping people with their savior trips where like there's something like called ego death. And I wonder if our ego is heavily linked to our savior. And so helping people with their with their egos and helping them die to the worst version of themselves to be reborn to the best version of themselves is like yeah. very fulfilling. And yeah. to like be on their journey and to be the like there and 
to have helped them and to know them personally. It's like, wow, like yeah. they're really having an impact. This is all worth it because there's an impact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. Yeah, it really is. It, it just, when I was going through it, just like I have a connection to C.T. Fletcher and Greg Plitt because like those were the two that I was listening to every night when I was going through the, the hardest times, the deepest times, just crying every night. I'd go over in the, this, you know, under, it's just like out of a Rocky movie, this underground dungeon basement, like at ground level, you know, so you'd like look up out the window to see the lawn. And I'd have like these two by four squat racks that I built, you know, cause like, I can't go to the gym and just like lifting these heavy weights, you know, with the, their, their music on their motivation on this is very like FI masculine. And, um, just uh just crying constantly in the dark and shanny you know wouldn't let shanny see me and it was just like i i got a real personal connection to greg plitt and ct fletcher because it was it was their words that were getting me through that now i never got to meet them physically in person or whatever but it's the same thing of like those are my older brothers that that they they're aware of this they've gone through this to the extreme far worse than what i've gone through and to be a friend and then to like like i remember making a vow like in that room going when i get out of this i am going to i am going to come back around and be that person for other people like that's what i am going to do and so to be able to be a part of somebody's life it's like it, it seems like the world has knocked them down into this hell now we may be like throwing things at their head and like telling them about it but it's like we're just doing stupid youtube videos there's only so much damage we can do it's really their own psyche and their world is what gets them down to that point and then to see that they'll like call to us and be like well, your words are really helping me or I'm really thankful or I, I see that you've gone through this too. And like, thank God there's somebody else there. Like that was like me with Greg Plitt of like, well, if this guy is speaking of the darkness in such clarity, then that's a, that's a straight path out of here. Just follow what that guy says, you know? And to be that to, for someone else. And I also feel like, okay, this is again, very NIFI. I feel like a kindred to like the spirit of Greg Plitt is like flowing through me to them. It's just, you know, you just get crazy in your head. It's just very meaningful to see, to, to, to be there for people that are going through the darkness. And then last point too, seeing people that, um, and I wasn't aware of it at the time, but like that have gone through it years ago and to see where they are now to watch, like once somebody breaks free, it doesn't matter how far down you go. It's kind of like a, teach a person to fish or give them a fish. It's like once they learn to fish, once they learn to be conscious and to be responsible and to resolve darkness and resolve pain and resolve contradictions and resolve unfairness. Like once they learn how to do that, even a little bit, like no longer is there a limit. So it's not like, it's not like they get back up to a point to where they were and you know, they're back to normal. No, 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 no. There's no, there's no going back to normal. They, they just go up on this forever growing journey to where every time you talk to the person every three months, they're, at least you know there's there's several a couple percentage points ahead of where they were the last time you talked to them and now to like have somebody in your life that is that dynamic and growing and full of love and you know positivity that is now um you know just a very fruitful thing to be around you know so just this huge positive circle that happens that that used to just be a myth because i would hear the people talk about it that made that got through it and I sure as hell hadn't gotten, so I had to just believe, this is again, part of my demons, trust the sensory of the tribe, you know, to, to get through that, you know? So yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy thing to, to, to really see and really kind of step back and just um, also see that these are just kind of universal, universal forces. That's not, it's not super magical. Like you're depressed. Okay. There's like, 
my phone doesn't work. That can be fixed. It can be diagnosed and fixed. And guess what? If you have the exact same phone with the exact same problem as the other guy, it's going to be the same solution. It's not special. That's the biggest thing I could say is like, you're not special. Oh my God, you're not special. Whoever you are, you're not special. People have the same or similar type, have the exact same problems, the exact same reasons. Those have got through it, have the exact same solutions. It's just nauseating how much we are not special, including our problems. And then it just becomes this thing of like, oh, this wire goes here. And then all of a sudden, it's not that simple, but like whatever the issues are, they can be balanced, they can be fixed, they can be built up. And it's we're not, you know, single observers, we're not trapped alone in the dark. We can find the missing information. And, and to us as observers, it's like, I can get through the pain, I can get to like, but I, I, I keep getting lost. And this stuff really has kind of helped us go, here's the path of getting up out of the darkness, follow the same path the other guy did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, we're not special. Our problems are archetypical and yeah. that they can be solved because another person has dealt with your same archetypical problem as you yeah. have. And so you guys kind of serve as guides, you know, OP guides to help people outside of that dark tunnel that you just, you give them the light out of the tunnel because you've seen this tidal wave before and you yeah. can inform them of it. You have that. And it it was so nice to hear like what you find fulfilling about your work because it really like goes back to the human needs, which is so like intrinsic to OP and it's the growth and the contribution. And that yeah. be, to be able to contribute to someone's life, to be able to let them grow and to like give them something meaningful that, you know, it goes beyond your lifetime too, because yeah. it, it, these things stick with people. Yeah. And it's like something beautiful that you're contributing to something greater than yourself and you know you're working towards that <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's also too it's like we're also really seeing it's so not about the scale it's just like we'll get some of the most fulfillment from just like talking to or working with our neighbors you know it's like like the the, the scales have nothing to do with it whether you're helping a million people or a thousand people or two people like to really compound reward is when you hear about somebody that's you know gotten some information or whatever or some some breakthroughs and they pass it on to their friends and family like that's just what gets really rewarding there's always and that's part of like growth too is like there's always people out there that are in a worse situation or struggling with that thing that you just solved last year they're still struggling with and then to see the ripple effect of being able to to see this person pass it to that person etc you know yeah this ripple effect of goodness that yeah. you know your mark leaves it's it's really quite it's 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 kind of like a teary-eyed moment because you like you sit back and you look at all the outcomes of what you've done and it's like you realize how important it was and you realize that you really gave something to the world that was like valuable and like you can rest knowing that it's not about like quantity it's about like quality like you can like helping people on skill is cool and all but when you have that quality connection with someone it's like it really like drives home the fulfillment for you yeah yeah totally totally it, it reminds me of like um something shandy and i are becoming more conscious of is like with the internet and stuff we we have the ability to do very large meaningful big powerful things whether it's a business or ops or a mission or whatever and it's also interesting to see like what your body is hardwired to respond to so like 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 shandy and i are consciously bringing back in more hobbies and and fun time and free time for us. She's working on makeup and I'm getting back into RC planes to some little degree. Cause it's like, okay, at the end of the day, this random stupid silly thing of playing with this makeup or, or RC plane is like what gives my body a juice of savior energy and happiness and fulfillment. But like recognize that as just a program, like don't go live your life that way. That's what I used to do. And then it gets addictive and it crashes over. And it's also too, it's like, 
the body doesn't respond to numbers on a screen. It doesn't respond, you know, whether it's a bank account or, or subscribers or views or whatever. Like the body responds to the one-on-one -on -one physical meetup. I mean, like video or video or phone call kind of helps, but like, like the nothing, like, like it's just like, would my body want to share information with 10,000 people live or hang out with the, the two people that are coming over tomorrow? Oh, I want to hang out with the two people coming over tomorrow. Cause it's just like, there's a, there's a real tribal connection that, that like, I know it's more meaningful to help more people, et cetera. I get it. But it's like, there's a, there's something in it for yourself as well that your body gets a charge. It gets an energy. It gets a connective tit, you know, connectiveness that you get from the one-on-one -on -one experience. Now it wears off in a couple of days or so, and you don't want to go back to doing your job or whatever. And you got to dig deep and find your meeting or whatever. But it's been, it's been great to kind of consciously be aware of that. And, using it to, for the long term to stay stay consistent, to not let the ups and downs knock us around where you get too high or too low um, and to be able to understand where those forces are coming from. Like, oh, I need to dig deeper into meaning or I need to go dig into the hobby where I get my body recharged or whatever. And um, understanding, because if these all are different default programs, rather than just letting them run at full blast and you're just on this unconscious ride, it's it's very much like health and fitness. We're like, oh, you need vitamin C here, you know? It's like, oh, you need a vacation here. Oh, you need to go down to a soup kitchen and give to others and do something meaningful that's not fun. You need meaning here. Okay, that's enough. You've been doing it for six months. And now you you know what I'm saying? So that's been that's been exciting because we've been able to get farther than we've ever gone before without getting burnt out or tired or upset or you know hurt to uh, to a catastrophic catastrophic degree because we've been able to kind of regulate it i don't know just kind of processing that out that's been um that's been something we've been more more looking at the past couple of months yeah that's great it, it's like if it's a number on the screen it feels disembodied and it's hard oh. to feel close to a disembodied number but when you meet people in real life when you get to know their story it feels real and you're yeah. really feeling the impact of that reality and you're like, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and it all goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning too, when we were talking about the micro things. It's really the micro things that matter, like meeting a person one-on-one -on -one and then like really, really tuning in to how you've impacted them and changed their life for the better. Yeah. Like really, that micro thing really does go a long way. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess what I could share with everybody else out there, what I'm seeing in life it's and this is so like ironic is like the most meaningful things not the, the most but like some of the most meaningful things in my personal life is just hanging out with somebody all day on a saturday or hanging out with my neighbor or helping the old lady or helping a kid on an email it's not the big fancy stuff like as i'm as i'm getting to a point in life where i am getting to kind of have access to the bigger cooler things to some small micro degree it's just like eh it is more of so just like because I see a lot of kids, what I'm saying is like, I'll see a lot of kids who are like, I'm 25 and if I can't like go change the world, I'm bummed out. Like, no, oh my God, I, I totally get it now. It is all about working at McDonald's. Yes, McDonald's sensorly. It's about finding the lowest job that you could possibly do or Walmart or something that is just like, all right, I'll take that job. Something that society is like, that's, that's not the coolest job ever because it's like, you go to a job like that because you're like, this is where meaning is at. And if you can't win at the lower job, not only kind of Maslow's hierarchy needs of like consistency, discipline, structure, being a man of your word, et cetera, like all of that of which the McDonald's is going to kick your butt on. 
But then if like if you can't find meaning working at McDonald's, there's so much meaning there. You know, you know how many hard things the employees are going through that work there? Like they need so much love, so much help, so much extra caring time and talking with. And, and there's so much meaning that can be given there. And if a person can't win on that smaller scale, then you know, if they had something larger, you know, it's just not gonna work out. So it's like that that's stuff that I think like all of us know we're supposed to say that answer, you know? Um, but it's been something the past couple of years that I've really seen. Like, so just, just like the last example, like my FI has gotten to a point to where for, for whatever reason, not that this would happen, but like if, if I got banned off the internet, you know, some, some crazy world or whatever, we're like, you can't go on the internet anymore, Dave. I'm like, oh, okay. So like I could get the same amount of meaning doing, I would probably get into, um, like irrigation in Portland, Oregon, like, like the water that like pulls up in the basement, like. I would probably do something like that just because I can see how much meaning I could bring people that are struggling with the frustration of the water keeps leaking in my basement. Like, oh, I can solve that. I, I can TE help you. I can bring meaning. And it's just as meaningful as, you know, yay, we have the answers to psychology. Because in the end, the world blows up. It all gets sucked into a star. It all, it all means nothing anyways. So like going from that, life becomes extra credit. And therefore, is the job to do more than the other guy? No, because there's always going to be Bill Gates is doing more than you or whoever else, you know, it's, it's all just about passing on meaning to some extra credit by choice, subjective, fulfilling kind of way. And if it's, and of course, take the best opportunity you can. So if we have the opportunity to go on the internet and do personality psychology, then, you know, damn, I'm going to put everything we can into it, but also be ready if slash when that ever gets taken away from us for whatever reason, then it's not like your life is over. Like, oh, I had the best job ever and I lost it. And so I see a lot of kids kind of struggling with that internally of like, of, um, of thinking that they've got to have the bigger, more meaningful thing. Otherwise they suck. It's like, no, no, no. Do what Greg Plitt says. Take C.T. Fletcher, take the long road, take the hard road, take those crappy jobs and build up the discipline, the meaning there. And then McDonald's will kick you out. They will, they will go, you have to be a manager, a general manager, and then in and outs going to steal you. And now you're like, it's going to shove you up the ladder, you know, and that's, that's, that is actually what happens if you do the ST research, that's what happens in reality when people take that predictable path, you know? Yeah. It's like, never like, don't aim for that big thing. Try to master like the small things first. It's all about like success is that micro meaning building micro meaning. Yeah. So if one day like that big thing is taken away from you, your feeling of meaning isn't dependent on an external thing, but you are able to source it within. Yeah. So yeah, totally. I totally yeah. agree. It's all about yeah mastering micro meaning yeah <laughs> and yeah so, yeah and so dave i was wondering if we could go through like each of the cognitive functions really quickly and to just see like your take on it <laughs> sure yeah for sure and i guess let's start with like te like how do you see te <laughs> uh te so it's like i like to leverage them off of each other so te is is a coin to fi and then te is also like a kind of a kind of a coin to ti as well so it's like um, let's just start with TE versus TI. So like TE and TI, they're both thinking. So thinking is thinking. It's the same for everybody. So everybody's trying to figure out what works, the reasons, the logic. Um, for me, I have it like anchored to a, a common pattern that you'll hear me talking about, like, like Amazon reviews, like say we're trying to research, you know, a, a lawnmower or something like that. Like the, 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 the logic brain, the thinking is going to be like, what works? What reason should I buy this for? Is the handle long enough? Is the price good enough? Um, is it something that, that my family can use? If you're TE, you're going to be more focused on, could my family use it? Can other people use it? 
Um, what are the reasons for it? TI is going to be a little bit more of like, okay, specifically, I need this for for my needs. Is this the best lawnmower? Is this the most accurate? Is this the correct one that I should be buying? Um, you know, and so the 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 T is trying to work out the logic of something. The F is on the other side of that, where it's just like, do you like it? Do you value it? And then it'll kind of sprinkle in with like pri prioritize as well. It's like, should you get the lawnmower right now? Because it kind of looks like you need some weed whacking first around the fences and trees before you get to the lawnmower. Because you already have a lawnmower that's kind of good, but you have zero weed whacker. Maybe you should prioritize the weed whacker. And then also speaking of FE wise, do you know you live in a zoning area where the neighbors say don't have lawnmowers? Because you know the, then you're you're now the F is bringing in more of like values and priorities and and stuff that's a little bit more abstract to, to feeling wise. And like thinker dominance will get stuck because they'll be like, it's it's all about the reasons. And then you'd be like, dude, but your your wife just hates it. Yeah, but what's her reason? No, 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 no reason. It just hates it. Just hates it. Like. Accept the value, accept the the F, you know? So the T is looking for the reasons. TE is responsible more for kind of making sure that those reasons are um, kind of on a pragmatic flow, a give and take, so everybody can, can go along. So the TE is like, I'll take crappy ideas, crappy reasons, for the sake of it works for everybody. It's very pragmatic. I love that word, pragmatic. I'm, I'm not looking for what the TIs are looking for. I'm not looking for the best or the truthful. I'm looking for sloppy. I'm looking for uh what works for everybody you know um just yeah and so then the 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 f is now the value the fi is going to be what is now valuable to me what do i love uh i i love this movie i love this type of music and if you don't like it then i don't like you that's something we see consistently with like fi's you know um and the fe is like like do i like that movie i don't know what's what's everybody else what's the reviews like the the, the fe will kind of want to talk it out or play it out or or appropriately like things that are you know trying to trying to balance a little bit more if the fe's are like oh my gosh everybody hates this person or hates this president then i'm not sure i want to be super loud on i like this person I, i'm going to kind of go okay so why does everybody else hate them what's going on there oh i am seeing their point of view and and the fe is trying to trying to um you know, be aware of what others like and then then sift and balance that out. It's again, it's very sloppy, you know, like you'll hear the savior FEs get the bad rap of like their um what what is it like not genuine or they'll change their value on it. It's like, yeah, they're they're trying to they're trying to work it out. It's a work in process. Same with TE. You'll catch TEs all day long. Oh, they're a liar. You said this was a good idea. Well, I said that yesterday. It's a stupid idea, you know? It's like I just am working it out, you know. So TE and FE are very similar and they're trying to just work it out. Whether you're working out the reasons or working out the, the values and you're doing it for the sake of getting everybody included. And then TI and FI is more like, okay, this is mine. My ideas or my values or my loves, et cetera. And then the observers, it's like sensory is sensory. So you either have um, what is physically here and real or what is abstract or guessing. We like to kind of put intuition as almost like guessing. You know, so like a lead sensory will, when they're telling a story, they're going to be telling you very much matter of fact of what's going on, the times, the dates, the places, the people. One one thing that I'm seeing, again, kind of jumping to an analogy here real quick, is um, I remember one video we did this on, to give a sensor example, is uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was on the, uh, the Hot Wings chicken show, and he's lead sensory, and he's telling a story about Jake the Snake Roberts. And he's telling the story in such literal sensory about how he smokes a cigarette and he puts it down and he wiggles it and there's a trash can. Like, 
And he's going over in such sensory that like an intern that works at the production company can like do a cartoon overlay and everybody can follow in the sensory, you know, and SE will do that and SI will do that. Um, intuition, not so much. If you're following Robert Downey Jr., like if, if you had 10 people watch a 20 minute video from Robert Downey Jr., who's extremely end dominant and go, okay, what was he saying? Everybody would have massively in different interpretations because everything's an analogy everything's a guess everything's trying to figure it out and he'll struggle to to bring up sensory to give times dates places make things literal paint a physical picture you know so that's how we're kind of seeing or catching sensory dominant versus uh, intuition dominant and then that just comes down to the human needs are you are you se gathering in the facts first so you and i are going to be gathering in the facts so it's just like you know if we go to the zoo, it's like when we're in SE mode, I just like, I just want to look, I just want to kind of shut my brain off and just kind of look like that's a camel. I just want to look at the camel, take in the sensory. Wow. It's taller than, than a baby giraffe. Uh, that's the color. That's the smell. So we're just taking in the facts. Our intuition will then go, okay, so are camels kind of like donkeys and then we'll compare them in our abstract later. If that's something we're interested in, if it's not, we won't, the NE will be like, well, that's a camel. So I wonder, did they did they buy the camels before they bought the donkeys? Did the giraffes come in later? So why did they use that kind of cage versus this? So they're now using their guesser and their intuition. They're trying to like solve the puzzle or the riddle or think abstractly or, or tool around in just any extroverted random area. The NIs are only going to do that if it's in their zone. So it's like, you know, I'll study... I'll study Henry Ford because he's in my abstract zone of like, oh, I'm trying to learn how to mass produce something over here. So what concepts is he using for the cars that I could use for video production? And so all of a sudden I'm interested in cars because I am I want to get through that sensory because I'm trying to get to that pattern. So the NI is very selfish of like, I'm not, I, I don't care about the facts or the pattern unless it's what I'm working on. The NE is like, I'm going to just look at patterns everywhere and then, you know, forget about them later. And the SI is very interesting because it's like, it's wanting to link things together. Um, I was watching a, a video this morning, this, uh, you know, randomly, randomly, uh, YouTube recommended to me an RC airplane video. So I was kind of watching this video from this, this guy that I'm guessing is, is lead SI. And like, as he's doing his plane, he's telling the weather, he's telling the temperature, he's telling the, the wind degrees, he's telling the weight of his plane, he's telling how long he's had it, he's telling exactly where to put the batteries, telling center of gravity, like, so he's, he's, he's responsible to not give you a, 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 a smashing gather bag of sensory. He's also not responsible to give you concepts. This plane reminds me of a bird. Like, no, no, he's not, he's not going off in imaginary storytelling lane. He's responsible to give the facts and connect them in a line, which is gonna make it even easier to draw a cartoon over what he's saying. But there are also specific facts regarding his way of doing things. He's not gonna tell you facts that are random or disconnected or cool or neato. The SE will do that. You know, I was working on my plane and then this guy came by with a better plane. I'm going to run over there. That's the SE is going to do, you know? So the SI is taking the facts and then putting them all in order. And then they'll have the NE discovery later. After he puts the order, we'll see the guys do this in our old hobby business. He'll, he'll put in all the order of how to put his plane together, do this with 10 different planes and then one one day years later, I'd be like, 
I'm seeing a similar concept that relates to all of these planes and like, and all the NIs are like, that's what I saw the first thing, you know, but I didn't have the sensory to back it up. So that's kind of a, a run through of kind of what we're seeing uh, as far as trying to, trying to catch people out of like, we're trying to break it down to binary coins. You're like, are you over describing the what? Is, is your story too clear, so clear that we could draw a picture? Or are you Robert Downey Jr. so abstract, kind of where I'm talking, it's a little too all over the place with less sensory. So we're trying to go that way. And then are you trying to organize those facts or are those facts on a, on a gather? And then are you, trying to, or are you trying to bring that intuition down to a selfish concept that you're working on? Or is that intuition just all over the place and you're having fun? And that's how we're kind of trying to work it out with the coins, you know? I, I love it. Thank you for sharing. Wow, I've I, 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 that was a that's a great spiel. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, um, it reminded me of um, Roger Burroughs. He's one of the people you've typed. Uh, he calls like SI specific and random, and he calls NI focused but vague. And it like it, yeah. re it reminded me of what you said, where you said like SI will have that like personal sensory thing that I will remember. But sometimes like it can be kind of random if you don't know what that personal sensory right. thing really means and why they included it in the story yeah but it's like with ni like they'll give you that big picture but sometimes it's focused but it, they're vague sometimes with the what they're actually saying yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah really good really good because what you're saying there is what i'm always trying to do is like i'm trying to get to si and a function i don't have i'm like i really want to get it from the inside out like like show me an example of where i've accidentally si'd which which you'll which you'll have it in small degrees. We're like, oh yeah, I like um I'm looking at my desk here. Like I have, you know, a stack of gum where I have like the greens, the purples, and the oranges just like all in physical order. And they're just like, oh yeah, I have a plan, I have a reason, I have an organization. And that would only be like like three accidental link ups in one little tiny sensory. But so I'm like, okay, wait. So if I leverage that where I'm naturally SIing my sock drawer or whatever then that's what SI is doing all. Oh, I'm starting to get, that's why these guys will get so crazy on. No, I got to get all the things to, to link up. So trying to like get from the inside out. Um, and I like what, uh, um, was it Roger Burroughs was saying there too. It's kind of gives you an, gives you a, uh, inside out kind of feel. You can relate to it, you know, and like yeah. on it. I love the inside out feel. Yeah. That's why I guess I like to interview people of the type to see how they say their right. type. Because yeah. it gives me like this inside out feel like like anyone can regurgitate information, but to hear it from inside the mind of the person, it gives you like that level up in your knowledge. And it's like, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I just loved your description of the functions and like with TE, how you were saying it was like pragmatic. And yeah, it was, it's kind of like serendipitous because um, I, I made a, a sheet of nicknames I had for each function. And for TE, I wrote that it's called the pragmatist. Um, yeah. And I was like, wow, that's like serendipitous that you mentioned that word. And yeah. then I, I wrote it down as like the nickname. So yeah. there's some truth to that. <laughs> yeah. And it's really great. And yeah, I just love all the work that you do, Dave. You put a lot of goodness into the world. You are on like you're giving MBTI credibility. How do I put this? Like you're you're adding to. To, to to I don't know what you'd call this adding to typology because you're you're giving your own spin on it you're adding to typology because you have your own way of contributing to it and you're adding to typology by affecting people's lives one on one and that your system truly resonates with a lot of people too 
which is why like their their community is formed after this too because they're seeing something real that you put out in your content and that's really resonating with a lot of people and it's really you know benefiting people's lives for the more positive and so I just have to give you like a million thank yous and props to you for that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for that 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 warm felt FE, right? Right, the FI. <laughs> and it's really yeah. good to hear. It's really good to hear that like the the work, the TE work is bringing value to so many people out there. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's working for the tribe. So yeah. that your definition for TE and the compliment <laughs> for TE. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for putting your NI vision into this project, into this company, and just letting so many people in on your NI vision. And so it just really contributes to humanity as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you for giving your contribution to humanity. Oh, thank so, you so much. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me on. It was great to kind of talk these ideas out. And and it has been fun to watch what you're doing with like interviewing the people like straight, like I was captivated with you and Benjamin. I was just laughing my butt off of like, you two were talking just in such a TI realm as if the camera was not on. And it was just like a fire hose of stealing the insights of TI. So that's been really cool to see what you've been able to kind of do with it too. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just so fun to make these videos and to meet wonderful people like yourself. <laughs> and so, yeah, thank you for putting OP into the world. Um, it, it's a pleasure to watch your content to see you and Shan interact. And it's just a really warm, fuzzy community. So thank you. And I I guess uh, I'll see you. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks again. Um, bye. bye, Dave. <laughs>